For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. But we're in two minute wait to see that wreck. What? I was like, this thing started, and I'm like, how long is this thing gonna be? Yeah, every every intro is always gonna be uh, the two minutes for the meet the Mets song. Uh, oh, that's amazing. For on audio, you won't have heard it, but uh yeah, we just we got new intros rolling out. Shout out to Jacob, who's gonna be one of my editors this year. Hope you enjoyed that little ending there, wreck. He's the one who brought up to me is like, should we have wrecking? I'm like, oh, absolutely. And I think what's even funnier is that at the end, obviously hit that bomb off of Heath Bell, who of course is in the same role that you are, but with the Padres podcast for Believe. So, you know, it, it wasn't even intentional either, but it's pretty fitting. So I, it is either way, funny. yeah, thank you guys. I'm a little slighted here. though. You, you didn't, the, the 15 team isn't really like, there's a There's reason a for that. There. There's a reason for that. It's not that it's for gone wreck, but a lot of those players are active on other teams and f- to not deal with the backlash naturally from the fans. That is Makes why sense. we don't have them in there. Trust me. Makes I want, sense. I wanted Mike with his two bombs just as much as the next guy in there, but I had to think about it. What's for the greater good and the greater good is just kind of got you. I think some Daniel Murphy highlights, especially since he's a friend of the show. I mean, that would have made a lot of sense. That that is something that can be adjusted. Friend of the show, Danny Murphy, number three. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Write it down, Jacob, if you're watching the show. Shout out to the number three hitter at Jacksonville University. Yes. (laughs) All right, guys. Let's get into it. A shout out to all you guys being here in the live show or listening wherever you get your podcasts. This is Believe in Queens, episode 48. Obviously, this is the Aaron Heilman episode. I know that you guys should be surprised by that. Um, but this is going to be a big one. We're going over all the latest spring train updates for the Metropolitans. You know, what's been going on with Steve Cohen as he's been in camp sharing his raw opinions on things, a lot of positivity there. What are the player updates? Everyone has now reported spring train. So what are we looking at there? What are the top storylines overall? We'll be getting to some of your questions before the end of the live show here on YouTube. But before we get into it all, just have to let you all know that, of course, today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your sports betting needs. So make sure you head over to betonline.ag using promo code BELIEVE at uh, B-L-E-A-V. That way you get yourself a 50% off welcome bonus. BetOnline, it's where the games begin. And now, folks, let's officially let the show begin. Rec, Joe, how are you gentlemen doing tonight? doing great man no complaints you know it was a beautiful sunny socal day i heard it's a little stormy in the northeast so just wanted to rub that one in and uh ready to get things going no that's real nice joe there was a tornado that hit down south in new jersey but yeah no go ahead keep keep rubbing it in real cool (laughs) real cool joe jesus if jersey wasn't bad enough now you got tornadoes into the mix is that true i I can't you know what's bad? I can't happen? even say what I want to say about New Jersey right now because I've already received enough flack on Twitter <laughs> once when I made a comment. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. A but, comment I got asked yeah. about on a guest spot I did on a show yesterday. Did you really? I did. Stop it. I did. About my yeah. comment about New Jersey? I got asked about, about Marcus Stroman. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> all, and all I said was, I said, look. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't that comment. It wasn't that. This was like, this was like a long time ago. This oh, you're talking about New Jersey? Out. I thought you were talking about like yeah. MLB Network two weeks ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is just a comment I made about New Jersey like years ago. And everybody oh. uh, in New Jersey took offense to it. I'm from Pennsylvania. So I have that natural like. Yep you know, slight against New Jersey. We're better. That's just the way it is. Sorry about it. People didn't like that when I said that. So <laughs> well, the only good thing about New Jersey is that you don't have to get out of your car when you go to get gas. That's that's about the only good thing about Jersey. See, I actually hate that. I'm not going to lie. Like, I pull up and I want to get out to do it because the, the dude working, first of all, is pissed off. He's yelling <laughs> like, like he comes over the car. What do you want? I'm like, I want you to be nice to me, sir. That's all. Like, here, here's my car. Just please fill up my tank. And uh, like, I'll go. Like, just be nice about it. Some This lady, uh, the other day, I was at a Wawa. This lady comes over. So nice. She was, I had my whole family was in the car. Oh, sir, what can I get for you? Like, uh, she was super nice. I was like, and I tipped her afterwards. I was like, thank you. Thank you. Like, that's, it makes my day so much better. Same thing when I go to the tolls. Like, most people are just kind of like, meh. 
here's your money. Meh. Like, hey, that's all. I, you, you get that one person every once in a while that's like super nice. They're like, oh, how you doing? I'm like, I'm great. How are you? You know, like. Wait, wait, you, you, you sit at, at a toll booth? Yeah. So you're telling me you don't have an easy pass? I do. I accidentally like sped through once or twice and I got suspended. And then, <laughs> and then okay. And then, and then oh they like, God. I didn't even know it. Like, I didn't even know it happened. Then I kept going through them. And then I like racked up this like $3,000 bill with Easy Pass. Easy Pass, if you're listening, I hate you. And I'm not paying, like, I'm not paying $50 every time I went through. And I didn't know that my thing was suspended because you have some kind of a, what is it called? Like a processing fee for when you find me. I'm like, what? Like, I'll pay the $16 I owed for going under the tunnel to go into the city. I'm not paying the $50 each time for your processing fee. Get out of here. So, yeah, I go through the tolls now. <laughs> okay. Anthony Wrecker and my dad, the only people I know that are scraping up, you know, quarters and nickels as they go through toll booths. <laughs> I seriously, yeah. literally, like I actually have like a little change thing in my right, in right, my, right in, in the car. car. I do yeah, like I'm just, I'm just I like, too. oh, here's your. It was fifty cents. It went up to sixty cents in the new year because you know everything's more expensive. Now. So now you gotta find it's, well, it was it was two fifty. Now it's two sixty. Every time I get off at MLB Network, uh, it's, it's a caucus exit. So now I have to just get it, reach in there, grab my sixty cents with my two dollars, and hand it over. <laughs> That's great. Such a dad. You are such a dad. <laughs> Thank you. I am. I am. I just put him to bed. There you go. Hopefully, uh, vomit-free bedtime tonight. Tyler just wants to get to the baseball time. I know. Tyler's like, can we talk about Scherzer going three innings on Sunday? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Okay. All right, right, Tyler. Let's let's get into it. Who's going to be the 11th man in the bullpen? Let's, Let's dive in. That's for the end, Joe. That's for the end, damn it. You son of a bitch. You're you're stealing my mojo right now. My God. Okay. So, again, I'm going to just go through some updates for people that aren't aware that's been going on for spring training for the Mets. Obviously, back on the 15th, pitchers and catchers initially reported. Since then, yesterday, every player has reported now, including, you know, the guy leading the charge in Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen is at spring training right now, having a great time. And a couple of things that he made note of, which I thought were really nice, were just he said that this the vibe around the team feels different. He said, uh, the first couple of years that I've been owner, this team is probably the most comfortable that he's felt around with how kind of loosey-goosey everyone's being, you know, on the field, in the locker room, but still motivated and confident at the end of the day. It doesn't seem like there's any hiccups, bad apples, you know, there's no clicks or anything of that nature going on. Everyone just locked in, having fun, and ready to go for the season. Um, and for those that also don't know, Steve Cohn is now going to be in a more involved role for the Mets on a day-to-day basis with operations because Sandy Alderson is now in an advisory role. The Mets are probably going to go the majority of the year without even a president. And not only with Sandy in an advisor role, you're going to have Steve Cohen in day-to-day operations, including meetings every Thursday that he's going to be doing instead of handling his normal uh, hedge fund job there with a point seventy two. Uh, also, Bryn Alderson, who is the son of Sandy, is no longer in the Mets organization. I meant to mention that last week, but I'll just tie that in here. Originally was an assistant GM for the Mets. But hold on, hold on, no Tyler. Tyler, if there's an Tyler, if there's an opening at point seventy two on Thursdays. I would just like to throw my resume out there as I am now in the financial business world. Oh. And uh, Mr. Cohen, uh, just hit me up if you need help on Thursdays. I could fill your spot for you. I, I only I charge a very small, small portion of, of uh, you know, what you got going on. Just there. a fraction of your 20 bill. A fraction of that 20 bill. That's all. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out. We'll make that happen. Rack. Come on, Stevie Cohen. I mean, I we're, think we should. Here. I think we should. Come on. We, we, we got to get him out of Jersey and into something like Westchester or Long Island. So let's, let's work with there him. There you Stevie. go. <laughs> I'm trying to move up to like the, there's like a really nice area in Connecticut. Uh, Darien, New Canaan, Westport. Oh, is that like where Wilton Greenwich area? is? Or? No, it's east of Greenwich. Greenwich is too expensive for me. I don't think I can afford that. I don't know if I want to afford that, to be honest with you. This, this is a very isn't expensive where, area too, is? but. I think in he's up where, in the Greenwich? New Canaan area. He's in New Canaan? I believe so. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want to live there then. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably wasn't supposed to say the uh, <laughs> You're not wrong, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a nice area up there. You know, might... Oh, oh, we got a Stanford. Grant, Grant, telling me to move. Stanford, I, I, I would, but I heard their schools aren't great. 
I mean, what do you got for me, Grant? Are the schools? Yeah, okay? but I mean, your kids already have your genes, so they're screwed anyway. It doesn't really matter. What <laughs> <they go> to. <laughs> hey, I was, I may look. They're just going to try like to be idiot. pretty to get them through life. I may exactly. look like an idiot, but I was, I was, you know, I could, I could do a thing or two, you know? Hey, if they have Kelly's looks in your jawline, the boys will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's true i went to private schools yeah see the schools there are great i can't afford private school grant so ain't happening <laughs> well maybe if stevie brings you on on, th on those uh thursday meetings you will be able to afford private school steve one step ahead man you call one step ahead. mom by the way i saw right, a comment let's get to the well, baseball now before tyler's head explodes come on yeah well no this is a baseball related <laughs> comment while, while we're looking at the comments i saw bobby g uh said something about you know respecting steve being a hands-on owner and i, I will say most owners are, are there just to be piggy banks, right? Most owners, yeah. I, I don't want to be hands-on. I think Steve Cohen is a perfect hands-on owner because I think he is as invested, if not more invested, both literally and figuratively than anyone. And uh, I think him being hands-on personally is great. Other guys, Jeff Wilpon being hands-on, dumpster fire. Wreck, what do you think about having a hands-on owner? It depends. Um, I've seen it go south and I've seen it help. Um that's all I'm gonna say. Jeff. I mean, <laughs> I don't even think that has to do with baseball. But I, the first guy that popped in my mind was James Dolan for the longest time with the Knicks. So that I think that's a prime example. I'm sure you're alluding to someone else there, Rec. Um, but yeah, no, Jerry Jones, yeah, Dallas Cowboys, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, James that's Dolan, Mark Cuban, also doesn't know Mark Cuban great owner. Mark Cuban's a great owner. He just depends, yeah. you know. Yep, and. I want to go back for a second to Joe when you were, you know, talking about wrecking, you know, the features and speaking of good looking people, you know, bring sexy back more like bring Vogel back. Vogie is now back at spring training along with Alonzo. Good transition, Tyler. Thank you. That was Thank good. You. Thank you. Every night before he goes to bed, he's like ways to get Joe back on top. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got a really, I got a really, you in like the old, uh, was it the state farm commercial where he's like, Oh yeah, oh, gotta be quicker than that. <laughs> yeah. But Vogelback and Alonzo, obviously both in spring training for the Mets and something they have in common is they look like they both lost at least 15 to 20 pounds. So you don't only see the loosey goosiness, but you also see the confidence and the guys are locked in. And when Vogelback was actually asked in their interview, you know, what was the reason for this besides the, uh, the nature of Vogue? just want to get a fair shape. He's like, I want to head into this year, not to start getting ready for the season of spring training, but being ready. By the time I enter spring, and he said, you know, that's something I feel is very important for him. And I know that we got that smile there from Rec. And again, I give him all the kudos in the role to be doing that because he's already been impressing, according to Buck Showalter. Buck was even raving about him and his glove at first base. So I don't know if this means we're going to see a couple of games of Vogue yet. If, if he's been if he's been coming, but... if he's been coming to spring trainings to get ready for the season and he's had the success that he's had. Wow. Like this guy is going to be, uh, I mean, he's going to be Babe Ruth. Like you should not be coming to spring training to get ready for the season. You should mm -hmm. be coming to spring training ready. I don't care who you are. Yep. Um, you come at least physically ready, right? Like you don't need to be locked in. Your swing doesn't have to be perfect, like, but you should be already working on a lot of that stuff before you get there. So including conditioning, everything like you should be like, able to step on a field and play a nine inning game the day you get to spring training mm -hmm. um if he hasn't been doing that man like i mean he could be due for a pretty big season that's i don't know i i, I took that stuff a little bit more seriously than some though yeah joe what about you what what do you think this means you know joe i saw like... that smile why are we smiling yeah i mean you know you, you're just for anyone who doesn't know you're you're a little intense wreck you're a little more intense than most <laughs> i think i think these guys show up to port st Lucie if they've got a safe roster spot they're ready to you know take some sun in have a couple beers maybe some happy hours and you're like good, all right 4 30 good in the morning, for you, you Good for you. Yeah, that's great. Wreck is, in, Wreck is intense the way that I am intense about the podcast usually with staying on topic. He's the same way, which is being intense locked in about baseball itself when he was a player. Right, right. So Except one I of those guys was a pro athlete and the other is just shooting the shit for 40 minutes on a Tuesday. Exactly. But I'm trying my best to not only shoot the shit, but sound a itsy bitsy a little bit of sophistication, even though I know I'm probably terrible at Itsy bitsy. Why'd you bring yourself into this, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just leave? 
I don't even remember the question, Tyler. Now we're off top. I don't remember the question either now. The point is, you were talking about Vogie being in shape. Yeah, I'm a little worried about how entertaining it's going to be watching him go first to third now. I feel like, you know, that was a big part of why people would buy tickets. And and now we might lose that. So that's why they brought the Brigham Vogel back. Yeah. Or Vogie back shirts. (laughs) You know, that's why I can't even spit it out. That's why they bought those. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think Vogie's going to have a pretty big year. I think you could be looking at maybe 20 home runs, minimum 15. Um, you know, they, they've showed you that he's going to be predominantly the, the DH, at least when uh, when righties are on the bump. So he's going to get some pretty regular playing time. I don't know about his glove, uh, but I definitely think he's going to be a mainstay in the lineup. And uh, I, I think you're going to see some some pop. Yeah, I think that pop's going to be key. Something that I noticed with Vogelback, too, and just some offseason clips and things is that his swing looks a lot more, you know, it, it just looks better, I think, for a home run swing, personally. Like, his follow-through is a little bit different. We've seen that with a lot of Mets hitters, actually, this offseason, just snippets of them working out. One of those guys that actually has worked on his swing a lot, which, Joe, I'm curious to see how much you're going to critique him or not, is Mark Vientos. Because, I mean, last season when he was brought up to the Mets, we saw you have this long, loopy swing. It looks like he's shorting things up a little bit. And it's definitely, it, it looks better than what it was, is what I'll say. So I don't know exactly how he's going to look in spring. We'll soon find out because games begin as soon as this weekend. We'll be getting the pitching matchups a little bit later for fans that are interested. Again, baseball is finally returning. But one thing I did want to make note of is staying on the topic of, you know, Ruff Alonzo's of the world, guys that naturally either play first base or DH. Then we have Darren Ruff, who is still on this Mets roster, as we know, when he was acquired by the Mets. Looks like he was going to be this lefty killer because the numbers all favored him and he was anything but for the most part. And now he enters spring with the Mets feeling more rejuvenated. However, already is having some entry issues as he has a sore right wrist. I received his shot in it yesterday, so he's going to be pretty low-key the next couple days with baseball activities before ramping up again. But Ruff said that this is something that he's dealt with for at least a couple of years. So my question to you, Rec, is because Ruff said, you know, it felt like that this was the best time to address it. Do you think this was the best course of action by addressing some type of wrist injury with just a shot to kind of help numb, make things feel better? Or do you think it would, would have been in his best interest to do some type of procedure? Because if this has been nagging for like two years now, wouldn't it be more than just, you know, simple soreness from just playing every day? I feel like there has to be some type of underlying ailment going on there now. Probably. Um, but if it's been going on for multiple years, uh, you know, Yes, his time in New York last year didn't go the way that he wanted, but he had great numbers before that. So um, clearly he has an ability to play through whatever the problem is. Um, I I would have suggested if there was a problem with the wrist, taking care of it in the offseason, like right after the season ended, not waiting for spring training and ramping back up. Um, but that's, you know, that's a frustration I have with a lot of guys. Um, you know, you look at Frankie Montas for the Yankees getting <sighs> shoulder, you know, sur- surgery the day spring he shows up to spring training. It's like, wait, what? Like, wh- why wasn't this taken care of if this is a similar injury to what you had at the end of the season last year? Um, but that's, you know, look, I, I don't know where the communication lies and-, and whose fault it is. And, you know, yada, yada. I don't want to go into that. But realistically, I mean. I would have, if it was really something that nagged me, I would have taken care of it as soon as the season ended, taken my time off, gotten myself back in shape, ready to go, and I would have been showed up to spring training ready to go. I don't know exactly what the injury is or what kind of procedure it would have taken. Um, but look, if he feels comfortable enough to to play through the wrist injury, you know, as is with a shot, then hey, do it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, are you, Joe? Anything? I don't want to see that guy anywhere near the team. <laughs> I don't want to see him on a field. I don't want to see him in a lineup. Jesus, I don't want to Joe. see it. <laughs> Good cop. Darren's like pop. the it's nicest like person ever. Like he's like the nicest man. I've I'm ever sure. Been. And you know what? If you want a really nice guy who can bat 050, sign me up. You Stop know? it. I'll, I'll fix my yeah. attitude and go out there Joe. and hit zero home runs Joe. in the second half. Joe. Joe. <laughs> he wasn't good in New York last year. No, 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 he no. Was Rex, very Rex. good. No, no, no. The, the sandwich I had today wasn't good. Darren Ruff was a freaking abomination. All right. The question is, what was the sandwich? This is the real question. It was, it was a breakfast wow, sandwich. Wow, Tyler. It good probably for wasn't you. the freshest. It was a little, you know, it was like <laughs> afternoon. But that sandwich wasn't good. Darren Ruff was an abomination. Okay. But he was really good with the Giants for a year and a half. 
really good. Or two, was it was it a year and a half or two and a half years? I don't know. Anyway, really good with the Giants. Um, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt that he can come back and have a bounce back season. I really do. Um, playing in New playing in, in, in New York is different um, in that stadium. I mean, San Francisco is not a great place to hit either. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I, th I think he's going to have a, a much improved season. Dip of course, assuming that he gets at least semi-regular ABs, that might be a problem. Uh, this team is, you know. I would trade him for a bucket of bubblegum at this point. That's... So, Darren, not, I, not even the I know good you're stuff, not listening not to this. You, just like I know you're bubble. not listening to this, but I will smack Joe for you when I see him the first time I see him. Like, just right. Smack him. Brutal. Brutal. J.D. Davis back. No, J.D. was not going to be doing this here, okay? Stop. I don't know. They switched. They switched places, and JD started. Yeah, and J, and, J, and, right. and JD's JD's like from the area. Just let him enjoy his time in the Bay. All right, it's fine. It is yeah. what it is. The trade was, trade really was bad, and I'm not excited for Darren Ruff this year. This was someone who I initially didn't want to see on the roster either. To your uh, point, Joe. However, you look at the situation, and for me, it's as simple as okay. Ruff comes in. He's going to be in a very limited role. If he does not succeed in that role for the first month or two of the season, like if he's truly abysmal, the equivalent of what he was for the large portion of his Mets tenure in a limited role last year, then you part with him one way or the other. You just have to make sure he's not a detriment to the Mets winning or losing ball games, like especially losing. Like for a guy that's going to be in a limited spot, if he is a factor and to say not, like you need that one key hit or a couple of key hits and he can't hit a lick off of a lefty that's throwing meatballs right down the dick, then you need to part with him or do something. Uh, right. But again, look at his role last year. He's not accustomed to being in that type of spot before. He only had 60, well, he had 66 at bats and 74 player appearances last year with the Mets in 28 games. That was an adjustment for him. And some how guys, many have? how many? That's a good question. He had like eight. Um, hold on. He had 10 hits. Oh, double digits getting yeah. frisky. Yeah. Hey, hey. Go look at my 2015 stats, okay? It happens, all right? <laughs> yeah, but at least you put a few out of the ballpark, man. Uh, did I? I don't even know. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, of course I put, did. Two, put two out. That Your, your home run to hit ratio was at least good. <laughs> Big slugging percentage guy. <laughs> um, I'm laughing, but I'm really sad. And I want to cry. <laughs> you're laughing, but you're crying on the inside. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Someone remembers my cub game. Look at that. I got a comment. There we go. Todd Licata. I wonder if he's related to Sal. <laughs> uh, a, if he is, he's already way more optimistic. He's already way more optimistic than way Sal. Way cooler than <laughs> Sal. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what? Oh, let me let me say this about oh. Sal for a second. Because as much as I'm not a fan of a lot of comments that comes out of his mouth and a lot of you know media heads as a whole. Sal did make a great point tonight that I saw on SNY <laughs> talking about Steve Cohen. And I hope all fans are paying attention and listening to this and can agree with him was, you know, every Steve Cohen has done everything in his power to make this Mets team where they're at right now. Okay. And for any fan to try to harp on Cohen's three to five year window, as if it could be a guarantee, because there are fans out there that do believe that those words mean, okay, the Mets are guaranteed to win a championship over that time. That's the farthest thing from the truth. Again, Cohen said himself, I can't guarantee you anything, but I'm not going to stop from doing everything I can physically do from spending the dollars and making the proper moves to get this team where they need to be. And if we don't succeed over that three to five year window, then by God, we're going to make sure that we're continuing to tack on and do our best in the years going forward. And Sal was just in full agreement with him on his side. And that was nice. Cause again, a lot of things I usually don't agree with, with Sal, but he was on the money with that one. Anyone with common sense of Cohen and what he's been doing should uh, agree with that as well. Um, yeah, look, and, and that was, that wasn't a knock on Sal at all, by the way, look, I don't agree with a lot of what Sal says, but at the end of the day, this is the entertainment industry and, and Sal's entertaining. Look, if I had to choose to be stuck in an elevator with Sal Licata or Andy Martino, I'm picking Sal 10 oh, times out of I 10 mean, and not thinking twice about it. Yeah. We, well, it's, it's, you want to be with Sal, who's going to give you a proper sports conversation or someone that's going to make sure that he has his puppets behind him. So, I mean, you oh, take, you take your the with the Beatles, but all right, we'll leave it at that. Ed flow with a donation. <laughs> I want to address quick. Still need a Jersey for my girlfriend suggestions. Mm, Darren. Uh, Dar <laughs> Is it bad that I see GF and I think gluten-free? So <laughs> yes. That, yes. 
Yes, that's like insanely bad. Wreck. Who lived in Los Angeles, Rick? You or me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I lived in Arizona, California for years, man. But you know what's bad? We had a first of all soup. My wife made a fantastic. Ooh, what soup kind? Come on, dinner. we want details. It was a all minestrone, right. I'm just but give it you was guys ten minutes. Go ahead. It was a minestrone, um, but it was like a country style. Like it was, it was incredible. Um, but like with the recipe she looked up, it was like, it was like Ina garden or whatever. And you were supposed to take a, a baguette, slice it up, like make some toast points out of it or, you know, whatever. Um, and basically I, so I, when I was at the store, I was like, Oh, like I'll, I'll get, I'll get like a baguette. And I got this like really cool, like seeded one looked nice, multi-grain, like, Oh, this is good. I grabbed it, threw it in my thing, get in there, get it, get home. And then I look at the ingredients right before I was about to cut up, cut it had like soy and and like xanthan gum and like all kinds of. Sh- I'm like, yeah, we, what we are we putting in soy, bread man. nowadays? Testosterone. We we can't. Like yeah, like that. what are we doing? So I didn't use it. I put it back in the fridge and I cut up some sourdough and there you go. Like I made some sourdough toast, is some, the best. I, it is I made some homemade bread. croutons out of that because I don't I don't do all the other crap that was in there. Yeah. Rec will anyway. not eat any foods that might increase his estrogen levels. We just want to be very clear. No, no, get that, I get that soy that. crap out of there. I don't want the man like the man boobs when I'm older. No, 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 no. Not, not when you're benching 345 and putting in too much work for it, you know. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Is I, that I, number I, right? <laughs> uh, I haven't, I haven't actually put that on the bar in a while, but I'm sure it, it's still, I mean, I've, I've, I, I max my sets out at 315 right now because I don't have a spotter. So like I don't need to get any more than that on there and like, you know, get stuck. Because <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna lift it off of me? <laughs> yeah. I I don't think the kids are ready for that just yet. <laughs> no, no, no. So okay. Uh, All right, anyway, Wardy, we're back from the soup. All right. And now going from the soup conversation, let's go to the 11th man of the bullpen, shall we? Because I think that's a nice <laughs> little segue <laughs> because I'm being so serious. I've been wanting to talk about the bullpen because, as I said last episode, I'm really interested to see how it's going to break down here in spring training. I know I might seem like a nerd to think that, but again, the Mets have a lot of these arms that they picked up throughout the offseason were either guys coming back off injury or just had a limited sample size, either from spring last year or just made their debut towards the end. They're all looking to compete for some spots. And there's two guys specifically that I want to highlight in this discussion out of, you know, the bulk of guys. And that is going to be John Curtis and um, Zach, uh, Zach Green, who the Mets, of course, picked up in the Rule 5 draft. Green did a recent interview with Mike Puma of the New York Post and said, you know, I might not have the flashy stuff like Stephen Ridings, uh, for example, who can touch a hundo on the gun and, you know, might not be the most talented guy in the group. But one thing that I truly feel I'm better at than anyone else is my confidence level. And I think that's really what's going to help me over the edge here. He went further on to say that, you know, I'm not bothered by what happened with the Yanks. Obviously, I was a little disappointed, but I can't fault them for the amount of talent that they have. And it's true, the Yanks have had an abundance of bullpen talent throughout the years. That's one thing that I've always noticed and highlight when I think about the Yankees. So Green now comes in in order for him to not be returned to the Yanks. He, of course, has to make the Mets roster and make this bullpen. That's something that is going to be working heavily. The 26-year-old had around a three-and-a-half year ray in AAA last year. Again, great strikeout numbers, but also a guy that has a high walk rate. So someone that hopefully Jeremy Hefner can work with a little bit and get his control down. Another name, and a wreck I'm not sure how familiar you are with him, is John Curtis. The Mets signed him last offseason, didn't pitch a game last year. because I caught him when I was with Minnesota. Perfect. So you, you have a couple this things that you can of say who the hell did Rec play with? There you go. He's your he's your best friend. Just Ryan. assume, guys. Just assume. Let's go. Like, Let's go. My, my guess was going to be spring training in Arizona. That was going to be yeah. my guess. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good pick. All right, tell us what you know about John Curtis before I go on with what I have to say. Um, good stuff. Uh, mostly a slider guy. I mean, he's got a good slider. That's kind of his weapon. Um, I, I haven't looked at his numbers. I would guess he probably throws fifty percent sliders or close to. Um, he can run it up there. Like, I mean, I remember when I caught him, it was 95, 96, touching 97. Like, I mean, he can run it up there. Got a good fastball, just doesn't use it. Um, at the time uh, with Minnesota, you know, uh, he's, he was still kind of working on his confidence. Um, I'd like to think some of that arrived, certainly in his time. Was it in Tampa that he had that really good year? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would imagine that some of that arrived and that he had, 
you know, he's got plenty of confidence now. And assuming that he does, um, he could be a weapon for this for this bullpen. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't anticipate being him him being a back end, you know, type guy, late game, big, you know, situation type guy. Um, you know, but he could be a good piece. And realistically, I think what you'll find and it goes even with Darren Ruff, but what you'll find with this team right now is that they have a multitude of options, um, both in the big leagues who may not have options, but also guys who do have options so that they can maintain that depth going into and throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, when injuries arise or when things happen, they're going to be able to call on guys that have big league experience or that are big league ready or that have the, you know, big league talent and they're going to be able to get something out of them. And I think that's the biggest thing with this team. When we talk about depth, you, you know, you mentioned the Yankees, they've had the ability with through youth, through guys that they've you know brought up through their system to be able to call on guys who, um, you know, have the ability to pitch in the big leagues or have had experience pitching in the big leagues and have done a great job. Um, you know, I think of, I'm trying to think of his name right now. I'm forgetting it off the top of my head. Uh, the outfielder they had a couple of years ago, he actually got traded to San Francisco. Um, Oh, lefty for the Yankees. Oh, shoot. Came I, off the bench, played really well for a year, and then wasn't so good the yeah, second year. Got that's a story with a lot of Yanks of recent. Anyway, um, um, I, I, I played against him in the minor leagues. He was awesome. Like, I mean, just put together a good ABF. You're going to be – that's the kind of stuff I just see the Mets kind of starting to stack together is a team uh, full of guys who can help them at the big league level, uh, you know, when necessary. Yep, it's depth, depth, depth. That is definitely Mike, uh, cool. Taukman? Talkman, thank yeah. you. Yes. yes. Yep. Talkman. Yes. Yeah. Forgot yeah. about yeah. it. I mean, yeah, he was he, phenomenal for them in was it 2020, 2019, I think it was. Whatever. I don't remember what year it was. Yeah, he had some immediate pop in that lineup. Try, yep. Trying to stay on topic, but just off the top of my head, him, you know, Greg Bird, Clint Frazier, Miguel Andujar. Um, there's there's an out. What's that? Did he change his name, Clint Frazier? Who who knows? And I... quite, quite frankly, who cares? I, I'm sorry. But there's there's one other guy that was an outfielder that was like close to the size of Judge. I think he was with Minnesota for a little bit. You wanted San Fran. Why am I blanking on his name? Big big dude. Shoot. If anyone in the live chat knows, please let me know because it's gonna bother me. But he was another one of these guys that was brought up and it looked like he was going to be the next big thing in Queens, small sample size, and then dealt with some injuries and you know is already out of the league. Oh, is he going by Jackson? Now, Clint Frazier is he going by Jackson Frazier now? I have no clue. I, I don't follow I don't Clint know. Frazier. I didn't even know that. To be honest with you. Um, yeah, are you yeah, talking about? Are you talking about Aaron Altair? No, no, no. The former Met? No, not him. Wait, okay. didn't Altair hit a home run in his first at bat with the Mets and then not get another hit? Yeah, it was something along those. He was he was absolute cheeks with. The I Mets. think first AB yeah. he went yard and didn't get another hit with the Mets. Yeah, and then before you know it, he was overseas. Right, not yeah. long after that. He did. It was like a Keon Broxton thing going on there. Great dude. What, what's his face hit a hit a home run with the Mets in his first at bat? Didn't Rajai Davis do that? They had him like that. I think he did. Didn't he hop he in like, an Uber like from Ubered. like Pennsylvania? Yeah. 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 That night? From, yeah. Yeah. That was well, I love Rajai Davis. That's another Rajai, another great guy. Loved yeah. him. Yeah. Played I with him. It. Awesome dude. Were, was that uh Indian spring training? You got to know him? Uh that was Oakland. Oh, right, right, right. Yep. And then were you guys reunited with Cleveland in spring training? I don't think he was there that year. I don't 2016, think so. right? The World Series year? 2016. Yeah, I think he, but I think he came over later. I don't think he was uh, in spring training that year. Gotcha. Because he had I that home run off I could Chapman. be wrong. I, just I mean, he hit that game seven homer, you know? Was... Yeah. Oh, huge homer in the World Series. Yeah, yeah. God, I wish they won it. Here, going back to Curtis for a second, I just the reason why I'm emphasizing him is when Bill, uh, Billy Upper last offseason made that signing. That was a move mm -hmm. that he fully expects him to crack the bullpen this year. While nothing's yeah. a guarantee, he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on to crack it. Then you have other guys like the Jeff Brigham's on the world, the Eliza Hernandez's, who's trying to be a long reliever for the Mets or a guy that can be starting out in AAA as a starter. And then, you know, you look at guys that, you know, Montez Diaka, 
who made his MLB debut last year. That's a flamethrower, just needs to get his control down. Um, Coonrod, who we just talked about recently that you broke down a little bit, wreck. another guy to keep an eye on, um, TJ McFarland, the uh, veteran lefty. Tommy Hunter, who's one of my absolute favorites. He's back with the Mets. He's going to be competing for that bullpen once again. Did very solid in his limited role last year, um, just to name a few. There's many of other relievers that are going to be looking. Last year? God, he, did, he didn't give up a run the year before, and then it took like 10 outings last year until he finally right. gave up his first yeah. run as a Met. He was a legend. And never forget when he got his first hit in Atlanta, did a little shimmy, and then his season was done. <laughs> he got traded to Tampa, didn't play a game for them. Then he was back with the Mets Tommy's one of my year. favorite teammates ever, man. The dude's awesome. He's just nonstop comedy. Just great. What what team was he a teammate? I was gonna say another one. Jesus, what what team was this? Yes, that was that was with Cleveland. That was with okay. uh, AAA in Cleveland. With nice. Cleveland, he was awesome. Um, you mentioned oh TJ McFarland, teammate, former teammate. Mm-hmm. I could. Get, you we should have just did this. Episode this is six degrees of Kevin teammate. Bacon shit. <laughs> Every time, you know. We, everyone, everyone, been around, been around. I got passed around a little bit. Hey, so, oh, you know, what yeah. happens? Wreck, wreck was like your third choice sorority girl in college. Jeez. <laughs> Jesus, Joe. Come on, man. Like, where do we you go got your Kappa sweatshirt on? Is that what that is, Rack? Lambda, lambda, lambda. With the letters on the butt? Lambda, lambda, lambda. Yeah. <laughs> you know where to catch Wreck at Alvernia. <laughs> We didn't have Greek there. Are you kidding? Me? You guys didn't have Greek life. Neither did my school. Neither did mine. I don't think we had enough people to have like a Greek house on the entire I, campus. I think like, we would have been problems if we had Greek life in college, Rick. That would have been that would have been problematic. I don't think I could have done that. Like that's just not. I don't know. Not. My cousin no. is a part of the Greek. Not life. about that life. He's he's a senior at um St. John's. And he's just, I don't know how he does the things that he does and co-op. Like, I don't know how he functions on a daily basis the way that he is. <laughs> it's really, like, I love him to death, but he's just like, you have to be a certain breed and a certain level of degenerate, which he's fully aware of. Yeah. I'm very glad my school didn't have Greek life. Yeah. Um, so, so, Rick, if you had to pick John Curtis or Zach Green, you're going with Curtis to make the team? Um, Only because Green's got... Oh no, Green would have to be uh, sent back, right? He was the Rule Five, right? Um, I mean, Curtis doesn't have options either. I'm assuming. Um, so that's tough. I don't know. Um, I'd go usually with Green injuries. Curtis. Yeah, I mean, I like. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen Green pitch enough, um, and I don't know that I would. I would pick one over the other right now. But usually. The thing with the thing with spring training that everybody always forgets about, they're like, oh, yeah, this is the roster when they break camp a month and a half before they break camp. There's always injuries like no team has ever gone into camp with 26 and then left with those 26 at the end of camp. It just doesn't happen. Like starting pitchers, position players, relievers, dudes get hurt every single year. You need at least 32 beginning of spring because that's what you're going to need that's going to you can find 26 out of those 32 come come the end of spring curtis according to fangraphs has one last minor league option on his contract there so, you go there's your answer green makes the team curtis goes to triple a yep and not only them you know of the other guys i listed i'm excited to see them all i think you know as excited as i am to see like a guy like steven writings i still expect him to start the year in triple a because he hasn't played in a hot minute at least consistently coming back from his injury but you know uh montez diaca really stands out to me i just i loved what i saw from him and that small sample size with the mets and he's another one of those guys where i feel like if hefner gets him right that might just be a dime in the rough kind of like how you know even though that yes he was established to to a degree when Miguel Castro was brought to the Mets from the Orioles a couple years ago, another arm, just absolute flamethrower that really caught a lot of people by surprise, including myself. And I really liked him when he was here. So I, Diak is one of those guys that I honestly hope impresses enough to um, at least have a shot for the bullpen uh, entering the season. But are there any other relievers, Joe, that stand out to you among the ones that we listed? Uh, riding actually the most. I mean, I think, you know, to your point, he's probably going to start in AAA, but Rec, I mean, you were just saying that the guy can really make that gun jump. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to see riding, you know, like you mentioned, Mata Steaka, he can make the gun jump. You know, I, I want to see those guys come out of the pen, right? I, I want absolute flamethrowers coming in there. Um, 
you know, it's, it used to be a rarity and now they're kind of a dime a dozen. But, uh, you know, I want to see guys that can dial it up and then also, you know, have a good breaking piece, a slider, whatever they got working. Riding fits that profile well. So I'm excited about him. I'm more excited about riding than I am Green or Curtis, to be completely Got to have a good piece. Got to have a slide piece and a side piece. Got to keep it all going, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, I was just talking about a hammer, you know, like a. <laughs> are we back to the sorority girl discussion because I, I saw it in the comments someone wanted to rename the episode okay all right final tyler's segment. blushing i think i know tyler's blushing. i'm not even blushing right dude. my face has been red it. since the show started you guys are too tyler's much. like our uncomfortable little brother right now yeah very much so our final segment before we get to answering some questions for everyone here in the live chat again guys oh, if you're watching the live questions stream, Live. Never answered, wait, uh... wait, 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 hold, calm, calm the tits for a second. <laughs> I got something to say. <laughs> just no tits, all right? No one's having soy in their diet over here. <laughs> I just want to list off for people that were wondering, because again, baseball is back this weekend. I believe the Mets have an intra-squad game on Friday, and then Saturday they have two separate games. And then Sunday is their first game where they actually have a pitcher of significance on the mound, which is Scherzer. But on Saturday, they got Denny Reyes in the day game. And then Jose Buto, who, of course, had his phenomenal debut against the Phillies in the second half of last season and the night game on Saturday. Sunday, Max Scherzer will be pitching Monday. David Pearson on the bump Tuesday. Jose Quintana and Kodai Senga will be throwing on the backfield Tuesday. So that's just what the pitching lineman looks like uh, for the Mets' start of spring training. And then from there, we'll discuss further when we get into our next episode uh, sometime next week, probably on Tuesday. But yeah, very excited to have baseball back. And yeah, let's get to the questions now before we wrap things up. And I know Joe, on, you have something on. to say. Joe's got something to yeah, say. No, no, yeah, no, no. We never answered Ed's question. He gave us a dono and we never told him what jersey to get. His That's true. You just girlfriend. said Darren Ruff and we laughed it off. Right, so right. we got to get the gluten-free girlfriend a jersey. I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna say Kodai Sanga because I actually a couple days ago did a jersey, uh, two jersey giveaway on the YouTube channel uh, for hitting 20,000 subscribers a while ago. And both of the people that won asked for Kodai Senga. So just staying on the hype train, we're going to go with Kodai. Or do you drop something there? You drop, you drop, you drop something. What, what did I drop? <laughs> he doesn't get it. <laughs> I wasn't paying. No, what am I missing? You ruined it. Uh, what was it? 20,000 subscribers. <laughs> oh well that it, thank you yeah no i that was already with a little flex that was not intended that was from a couple months yeah. ago. i'm being <laughs> i'm being so serious i meant to do this at least a month and a half to two months ago but i pushed off the giveaways because the career situation was happening what we thought was going to just go for a couple days ended up a month plus and then it never even happened so how about bobby g with the creativity in the chat Oh my goodness! And Grant, Grant with our new uh, our new hashtag. That's got to be the new, the new show. Hashtag calm the tits. tits. I think I think that needs to be put on merch this year. I think we need line. a shirt that says "Calm your tits." Calm your It'll it will we'll we'll do the we'll do like a a soy with you know like a big slash through it and then hashtag. Dude, we'll back eating tofu. Sometimes we got it all. Sometimes I'm the idea guy. <laughs> Here we go, Grant. You, you tweet that, and I'll get you the retweet right away, man. Yeah, Grant's going to tweet that for his Jenny Mets account, which has 54,000 54, followers. It's the largest Mets account on Twitter for among fan pages. So it's going to get that's going to get the word out there quickly. Um, let's never forget the time Grant actually came to our comment section because I guess he had just followed me on Twitter, and I didn't see it, and I didn't follow him uh -huh. back. And he called me out on it in the comment section, and my first reaction was, Grant, calm your tits. Like, what the hell's going on, yeah. man? <laughs> All right, guys, if you got any questions before we wrap things up, by all means, ask away. Um, I'm trying to think for number just for a second, guys. Number 48, obviously, Heilman is the most prominent 48 in Mets history. But aside from him, what are other 48s that you could think you of? You got to stop with the digs. Yeah. Not, the digs. What are you talking about? You know can, we talk, can we talk about DeGrom, though? What came out today, that viral picture? Thing? Yeah. The picture. You got to be a, a sociopath to not have a child. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a DeGrom fan. You guys know that. Love Jake. It's not that's that it's really, not that I hate it's not even, it just it, it, you know it's not even his fault. Like that's a really like who in Texas like in their marketing you know came up with that idea. Like what why did you think that was a good idea? He wasn't the only one players. that put no hero too. I looked through all their photos. There were one or two other guys that did that. You you got to have just, a childhood hero. 
You do. You do. You do. I, I agree with that. You do have to have a child. I mean, like, come on. Like, you didn't. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, Sylvester Stallone, Mark McGuire, like all the dudes that were jacked out of their all mind. The Roy Those users? were my heroes as a kid. That's who I liked. So were you using steroids, Rick? Is that what you're trying to tell us? Like every no. guy that juiced up, uh, he was my eye. I didn't know it at the time. Okay. Right. I was an impressionable young child getting duped by these dopers and I didn't know. It's you like watching WWE when you're right kid. Way, and I told them that, ooh, can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> told them to, one of those. But, uh, you know, the, the thing is though, like even, <laughs> I never saw that one. I don't know what the hell that, what just happened. That's Dude, that friends. Friends. I remember this from friends. I don't remember that one. And then Ross gets it back and he gives up. Uh, oh, I'm cl <laughs> we're clipping that. 100% we're clipping that. That's incredible. That. <laughs> uh, that just became a gift for the ages. Oh, my God. Oh, lying. There's nothing like it. So, like, even okay. if you don't have, and, and I'm all for, like, not glorifying celebrities, but, like, your dad? I mean, I've heard DeGrom speak highly of his dad in the past in interviews. Like, I, I mean, I feel like Anybody. if you had asked seven-year-old me, I remember I had a school project and it was like, who's your hero? And other kids are like, you know, athletes, this and that. And I wrote like my dad, like, like nothing just to have no one. Like There's no one at seven years old. I thought I was, you know, all that in a bag of chips. Like, come on, Jake. Lie. If you have to lie, lie. Yeah. Say something I... heartfelt. Say something that like, ugh. When I was growing up, it was my dad, especially because he was an EMT and then a firefighter when we were growing up on Long Island. So there like that go. was that was that was given. You know, I feel like even though that's a very like easy answer to give, you know, it just made sense. Um, but yeah, it was a little I mean, bizarre. It's not like he was put on the spot. This wasn't like an interview. Like he got to write it on a board. Like, no, that was that was his yeah. that was his max that creativity wreck. Yeah. I will say if there's one thing that I did like, notice. At least be honest it, and admit your hero is the politician who got rid of state income tax in Texas. <laughs> Like, just keep it <laughs> if there's one thing that I will say I noticed from all this with Jake, and then we'll stop the DeGrom talk here, is that there's one specific photo of him cheesing like a mofo, whether it was today or yesterday. And that has to be the widest smile I've seen on his face in multiple years. So uh, you could tell he's happy and he's enjoying his time, and that's okay. Good for him. But now we're going to. Stay on the Mets topic, which yeah, is why I was when the check hits and your gross income and your net income are the same. <laughs> <laughs> make a lot of people smile. All right, let's. Sorry, I, I've got my meeting at H and R Block tomorrow, so I'm already <laughs> wishing I signed in Texas. <laughs> Fuck. All right, Josh. What's Seasonal the tax employee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh. Seasonal depression hits in tax season. I asked, I asked Rory this array, but I want to hear from Joey Anthony. Thoughts about Joey Lucchese? This is a good question because Joey is still, you know, getting back from his Tommy John surgery. He's hoping to have an impact on the Mets this year. A little bit on the outside looking in just with the depth right now. Build his arsenal up quite a bit. Um, so, Rex, starting with you, what is your impressions of Joey Lucchese entering this year? Again, uh, some new pitches added to his arsenal along with the, uh, the churve that everyone loves. Um, yeah, look, I, I'm – I'm a fan of Joey Lucchese in that I love the confidence. I love what he brings to the team, um, you know, from like a clubhouse standpoint. Um, I, I was never overwhelmed with his ability on the mound, but, um, you know, he certainly has some stuff and I, I don't mind, you know, him being a part of this team. And I think he could be a, a nice asset for this team um, more in like a long relief kind of, you know, potential like, fifth starter, um, a, uh, an opener type of a role, like at times maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, look, again, this is just another option that the Mets are going to have within their list of however many guys they have in camp um, that, you know, could potentially at, at some point throughout the course of the year make make somewhat of an impact. Um, so I, I wish him all the best, obviously coming off the, the injury and everything and working his way back. It's just really good to see him back out there and, and hopefully he – um, you know, has a great season. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not all that high on him. You know, I, I think whatever role he can contribute, if there are injuries, great. Um, but he's not a guy that I really look to and think he's going to be a difference maker. Um, you know, I think he's got a below average fastball, good breaking stuff. But, you know, I just – there are other younger guys who I'm more excited. And I, I know he's a lefty. Um, but, you know, we've got Brooks Raley. We've got David Robertson, who's we've spoken about at length, better against lefties than he is righties. 
Um, so I, Lucchese doesn't really move the needle for me. I'd rather some young guys who, you know, can bring the velo, maybe, you know, not as good breaking stuff, but, but a little more velo to their breaking stuff, a little sharper action than Lucchese's like loopier, slower stuff. Uh, so yeah, he's not really a needle mover for me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he's a needle mover either, but he's, again, one of those many names. I'm looking forward to seeing what they could provide, if anything. It's going to be a fun battle for that Mets bullpen without Well, question. it's funny because not so long ago, like, Lucchese was viewed as, you know, a potential five-starter, yep. maybe a sixth yep. guy, and now it's like he's, he's nowhere near uh, that conversation. I, there would have to be catastrophic injuries yeah. to this team. I really – I'm sorry to cut you off. I just no, want to say that. I really think I it's in, I think it's in the best interest of him and his career, honestly – to be a reliever because I mean, unless we see an overwhelming difference in his arsenal, I mean, from the jump, he only really had like two pitches, right? So naturally that's going to favor you more as a reliever, whether that's a lot of reliever or as a guy that could be absolutely dominant for an inning or two. Like, I think that's where we could see the best Joey Lucchese. That might be best for him and gain the best Bane, you know, the most money and the remainder of his career, whether that's with the Mets and with some other teams, but yeah, overall Joey Fuego always been a fan of his and I'll be rooting for him in spring for sure. But, you know, with that being said, I think that is about going to wrap up episode 48 of Believe in Queens. Um, boys, do you have any final remarks before we get out of here? Ooh, let's do uh, – I'll put you guys on the spot. One more question. Michael Russo just threw it in the chat. Sure. Kode Senga, year one expectations. Let's let's all give something. I'm going to go uh, – I'm not I'm doing one go... loss. What? I'm not doing one loss record. Well, well, fuck you. I'm going to. I'm going to go uh, 13 and 8. <laughs> 13 and 8 with a uh, with a 3-3-9 for Kodai Senga. I'm going to say there starts where he goes out there and he struggles and other times where he shows absolute flashes of brilliance. So 13 and 8 with a 3-3-9. Not a bad rookie season, first season over in, uh, in the good old U.S. of A. I think that if you're going to get to Kodai Senga – this year, it's going to be early in the year while he's still adjusting to the baseball. Um, after that, I think this dude's going to be lights out. And I say this year because it's going to take an adjustment period for hitters. Um, he's just going to be kind of a different a different uh, look than they've probably seen or that they see very often. Um, you know, ghost fork, whatever you want to call it. I'm sure it's a pretty... I don't want to say traditional splitter, but it's a version of, of a split finger fork ball. Um, just obviously maybe some, you know, difference to it. Maybe it's the fact that he throws 97, 98. Um, I, th I think he's got a really good shot at throwing up a two, seven, two, eight type ERA. Um, Ooh, especially I, optimistic. Yeah. Well, he's this not a rookie like though. That's the thing. He's not a rookie. And the, the thing that I, the thing that I, I feel about a guy who comes over from Japan and has played it in very big games and, and has been great over there is that I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him at all. At any point this year, I don't think he's going to struggle with um, command, you know, like, I mean, I know he's, you know, he, he's had some walk issues in the past, but this is a guy who can and should be able to command the zone. I think his only, I shouldn't even say that. I think I think what's going to be hard for hitters is learning and adjusting to him. And I think within the game, the way that works, it usually takes a year. Like it usually takes a year for teams and for guys to make an adjustment to a pitcher like that. And I think he's going to have like a huge breakout season. And maybe we'll see what happens. Maybe more of a letdown next year coming off of those expectations than he would coming into this year with the expectations that are on him. Yeah, interesting. Because I think even with an ERA, he's he's my rookie of the year pick. So even with uh, you know my ERA projection is something in the three three range. Um, I would have said that's this year. You know, adjustments early in the year, maybe late in the year, a little fatigue because in Japan they pitch what? Don't they have like their assigned day of the week that they pitch? Um, yeah, I believe they run a six man rotation. They're all off every Monday. Uh, so I would expect maybe some fatigue late in the year, some adjustments early. But I I still think with a three three ERA somewhere in that range, rookie of the year, and then I would say next year he gets to that sub three mark. So well, I think, I think with the way this team, I think with the way this team lines up with Verlander and Scherzer, not that they're going to run out a six man rotation, because I don't believe that to be true, yeah. but I do think that they're going to find ways to mix McGill and Peterson in there. And assuming, you know, assuming they have seven healthy starters, which they won't, um, but that they'll find a way to skip turns in the rotation and that they'll find ways to keep guys fresh. 
Um, yeah, Scherzer's so going to get a, think... a, a 10-day IL stint or two. I mean, we talked about it 100%. last year. It's, yeah. And Verlander, Verlander will too. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And they need, like, I don't care if they say no, like they, they need it because right. you're going to want them to be ready in that stretch run of September, make sure you win the division. And then, you know, going into the playoffs, they need to be ready to go. Um, one, two. So, and I, and I think that gives it just, you know, within that process, it's going to, it's going to be the same for Senga and you give him the opportunity to, you know, kind of adjust himself to, to this league and the way it works. So my pick is going to be, I'm going to go a little bit more than just the ERA. I'm going to say ERA wise, I'm going to hope and also assume that he's going to be, you know, 3.35 to 3.34 area. K per nine, I think he's going to get to 10, like at minimum. I think he's going to be around uh, 10 K per nine. Walks per nine, I think he's going to be around three and a half, just because I think he's going to have some issues with, again, getting the proper grip with the baseball is going to be adjustment in the first half of the season, at least. And expected year array, I think those numbers are going to be better than his baseline year array. So let's say if he has a 3-4 or, you know, worse 3-5 year array, I think his expected year array is going to sit lower, around 3, 3.2, could even be 2.8. I think there's going to be just some things that don't go in his favor, obviously, throughout the year, gain adjusted. But he's going to put up, in my opinion, what's going to be a strong campaign for his first year in the majors and in the either middle of this rotation or as a number four. The only reason why I would say that is because who knows, maybe Buck likes the idea of Quintana, the lone lefty in the rotation, as that guy to be that bridge right in the middle at number three. So if he is number four, wherever he is, I think he's going to do well. But those are my kind of predictions off the rip without thinking too much into them. Um, but, yeah, that was a very good question, and I'm looking forward to discussing him and plenty of other Mets and kind of what their season outlook is going to be looking like. We can share more predi- uh, predictions like this um, as we do the buildup for sure. But, you know, this was a very fun episode, a lot of laughs, of course, getting off topic per usual, um, but always having a good time with you guys, shine up all things Mets. And I'm looking forward because next time we talk, we will see the Mets at least take some at-bats, throw some pitches. So we'll have some baseball to actually get into, even if it's not nothing too significant. But, guys, everyone here in the live stream, we appreciate you watching. Make sure to smash that like and subscribe on again here on YouTube, whether you're watching live or on replay. really does mean a lot on the Word of the NYM YouTube channel. Make sure to check us out wherever you get your audio podcasts if you haven't already. And if you have, make sure to rate, review, all that great stuff. Then make sure to check out myself, 40NYM, on not only YouTube, but Twitter. And make sure to check out Joe Sorallo at the Joe Sorallo on Twitter, not only for great sports betting picks, but just sports overall. Make sure to check him out there. And with his podcast, this um, uh, Sorallo Sports t- Am I messing it up? Sorallo Sports I- Talk. No, you got Sorallo it. Sorallo Sports Talk. It. I don't know why. I thought I was butchering it for a second. And Anthony Wrecker it is Anthony underscore Wrecker. Make sure to check him out there on Twitter and, and MLB Network. And that's really it. All right, guys. Unless you're, unless you're a blue. I jersey. might start using some Instagram too. Anthony Record. Oh, are we gonna get record? Wow, maybe I'll get the follow back on Instagram. Fine. I don't even know. I, don't, I still don't know what my is it. Is it Anthony Record twenty or is there an underscore? I don't, in there? Know. I don't, I don't know. Last I, I think saw the twenties in there. Cute Disney pictures. Might have been dabbling in some reels. I don't know what's on there. Probably. Anthony Wrecker twenty. Yep. Let, let, I say I'm going to do it, and then I Former catcher, it. current baseball analyst, husband to Kelly, father of three, home chef, booty. Wow, that's, that's a cute bio. That's cute. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank yeah. you. That's my favorite picture. Look at that. So Look handy. at that selfie. Look at that. That's such a dad selfie. <laughs> there you go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care about in, like social media people following me like that's not my thing like i I, like i I like that people follow me i like to interact with people that follow me but i don't i'm not like i don't care to have as many followers Mm -hmm. as humanly possible so you're just gonna get me and that's like corny dorky fun stuff big harry potter guy me big harry potter guy big harry potter guy you guys saw my video playing uh Oh, Quidditch in the house. Yes, you're playing Quidditch in the living room. That was amazing. Sick. That, that was, was sick. amazing. That That's was like literally one, one of the best days of my dad life. That was awesome. That's awesome. That's like the one thing I miss about living in the Northeast is like you'd get like, you know, one or two blizzards a year mm-hmm. where it's just like, all right, snow day. Let's just, you know, have some hot cocoa. You better be creative. Potter marathon. Yeah. And, like uh, be creative. Come yeah. up with like a random game to play in the house. Get the get the marathon going. Like, yeah incredible yeah, it's, there are these great videos i'll send them to you guys on tiktok 
of people. It's like when you get selected to Gryffindor, but you hear Slytherin turning up, and uh, they're hilarious. I got, I got to send them to you guys. Please do. Please All do. Right. Are you on? Are you on the talk of ticks? By the way, Rick, are you on TikTok? No. Uh, no. Got to get you on there. I mean, hey, I'll tell you what. I'll make one, and then I'll let you handle it. But don't do anything stupid. You can't. Oh, that, that was the first mistake you made, Rick. Yeah, I mean, it's okay, be... so I can't give it to Joe. I can't no, give yeah. it to Joe. You see my TikTok? It gets you know. Gets I haven't. Spicy. I don't. I don't go on it's there. Spicy. Gets spicy. I'll spice just like the shirt. All right, Mets fans. Thank you guys so much for watching. Peace out. See you next week. Let's get off topic again. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 